0: question tonight? Yes. Antradarshan means internally to see, without seeing with one's eyes. Um, so, for example, Brahma witnessed Krishna in Antradarshan. Hmm. But um, fuller perfection is to see Krishna with eyes that have been fully transformed. Hmm. So, uh, hmm. The uh, the uh, um, the lila that is uh, eternally played out in the earthly manifestation of Brunch, even after the manifest lila has become unmanifest, is uh, in a sense an apricot. Uh, version of the lila unmanifest because it's not seen to the naked eye. Similarly, uh, with the uh, experience of the, uh, well, I'll I'll get to that, uh, um, of the devotee who doesn't live in Braj. I'll go into it a bit. Um, It's highly recommended to live in Braj. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself actually Pante Sanyas, that's where he went but he was stopped from going there by Nityananda uh trickery really and uh, he ended up back at Edwidge's house and uh, because the uh, Sanyas is supposed to live in the forest well he went to the forests of Brudge uh, he was intending to go there but um, his mother intervened at his uh, Request and found a solution to the pangs, and the feelings of separation experienced by um, his associates and uh, the fact that now he was a sannyasi so he couldn't couldn't go back on it, so to speak. So, what to do? So, as you know, she mediated and suggested that he staying in Jagannath Puri, which is also a holy place and, and it's much closer to Navadweep. She compared it to... Rooms in the same house. So there's always passage between Vrindavan, or excuse me, between Nabadweep and Puri. So the news about Mahabra would come. And as it turned out, devotees would go there annually for Ravi Yatra and so, so forth and have association. But eventually he did also go on a pilgrimage to Vrindavan after one unsuccessful attempt for different reasons, uh, Leela reasons, but. Uh, Eventually, he did go to Brindavan, and there um, he began, he, he he witnessed, if you will, the uh, various uh, places of Krishna's pastimes. These are described, i read some things from the scriptures, some statements from the scriptures, um, uh, to the other night, uh, uh, there are, I want to say... Uh, maps in the Puranas and Mandalas and the Tantras to assist one, if you will, in visualizing and seeing the, the Dham. <clears throat> and uh, uh, without the help of those, Mahaprabhu, for example, discovered Radhakund, Shamakund, and uh, ultimately he commissioned and empowered rupa and Sanatana in particular to go and reside in Braj and to excavate the places of Krishna's pastimes, which they did with the help of such maps and their meditative powers and uh, abilities and so on and so forth. And uh, they um, ultimately uh, gained the patronage of the royalty who then built monuments and bathing gods and so forth to commemorate. Krishna did this here, Krishna did this there. And they externalized the fact that the leela is playing out eternally there, invisible to the naked eye, despite what else may be going on ter- ter- terrestrially speaking. Hmm. Um, hmm. Um, now, whether how you want to refer to that, uh, as I say, it's kind of an unmanifest leela, but it's not at the same time, uh, it's uh, it's still somewhat different from the apricot lila. The apricot lila is different the unmanifest lila in that it's, it's called the deva lila. And the earthly manifestations of the lila, which I would include this one, are uh, referred to as nara leela. So I believe the devotees are experiencing the nara leela which is of course also what's described in the Srimad Bhagavatam which is the main map if you will uh, and, um, and indeed when it comes to talking about the upper Leela, the unmanifest Leela, in Jai Bhadharma Bhakti Vinodakura says I can't say anything about it I haven't been there and if, I, if I've been there hmm, I couldn't say anything about it anyway because it's beyond words and no one would understand it he says there are some stavas and stutis in the scriptures that try to say something about it, none, nonetheless. But he says they're not necessary. All you have to do is become preoccupied with the Prakat leela, which, is, which for, in one sense, its very purpose is to give an introduction to the leela, mm-hmm. and it does so in human society. And in doing so, it includes both non-phenomenal and phenomenal objects. Mm-hmm. Things that are completely transcendental and things that are of this world. So it's a combination. Mm-hmm. So you can find people in the Leela who don't seem to belong there, but they're there anyway. They're not Dasitas, for example. They may be Sadakas or they may be Kamsas mm-hmm. and uh, Putanas and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You can find in Garga Samhita some explanation of who Putana was in the last life, how she came to be there and so on so forth and obviously was excuse me was purified as a result of the leela so it has this very generous um, side to it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and on top of that it's thought to be the primary uh, way if you want to, if you if you will to the prakat leela it's, it's thought to be the the landing place primary landing place for the for those in the penultimate state of uh, the culture of bhakti but just the last s- step before perfection bhakti uh, the refers to it as vastu city uh, as Sarup city so Sarup city means having attained the form and then from there entering in a suitable form taking birth in the leela. Hmm? And then, in association with the nididis, when the lila is wound up and enfolds back into the uppercut lila, then you go with them, and that's called vastu siddhi. So, an attainment of the ultimate vastu, the ultimate reality. Mm-hmm. You got a form suitable, and it and it's fine tuned, as we've discussed in other uh, uh, meetings. And uh, when it reaches that point, then. The lila unfolds, as I say, back to the upper and you go, and and there you're in the deva hmm. and it's 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 uh, the ba is the same. So it's the same in substance, but it's it's different. Hmm. Therefore, you get uh, what the, the few descriptions that you get um, are they they tend to have more of an, a, a um, element of opulence to them like the river banks are are walled with jewels and uh, these type of things There they're coral trees and, and uh, such and uh, it's a these type of descriptions that are not uh, uh, really human-like in terms of our human uh, experience hmm? Um, so, uh, it, And it would appear from uh, uh, Gopal Champu, Chiva uh, Vasami's kind of like uh, final masterpiece, um, where he begins with a description of the Aprakat Leela relative to the book, because the book is being spoken from the Aprakat Leela, from the unmanifest Leela. So he begins to talk about it. There he are, he references, of course, the Brahma Samhita. Hmm. First, maybe five verses of the Brahma Samhita. and some at the end of the of the text. That's the fifth chapter of the Brahma Samhita that that's in the found in South India, um, where Goloka is described. There Goloka is described as a lotus. Hmm. Pericarp or the the wall that surrounds the seed, pericarp. This comes up like this is the scent the center is is the yoga piece, or Krishna's to be meditated upon and so forth. The stamens are the gopas and the leaves are the forests and the gopis. It's described like this. And then overlaid on that is a yantra description in the Brahmasamita where it's a hexagon. Two interlocking, you know, triangles forming a hexagon which form then six spaces. And then that's overlaid sonically in the description by the mantra, the Gopal mantra, which is an 18-syllable mantra, but it consists of six sounds. Uh, six sounds. And they they are placed in the six sections of the hexagon. In the center is the beach, the comma beach. So it's described sonically. It's described... Uh, geometrically mm-hmm. and then it's described I don't know what you, what you in terms of the, uh, the the residence of the of the deity and its associates mm-hmm. to do that which again compared to a lotus flower so one is overlaid on, on the other so this is a very abstract point being explanations very cryptic mm-hmm. um <coughs> And um, somewhat more overtly uh, different, um, but anyway, he gives a lengthy uh, uh, and poetic explanation of the apricot dom, uh, apricot uh, yet yeah, abode, and you know where the apricot lila takes place, and then he begins to recite his uh, his uh, his narrative in which which again is taking place there. And what's happening, of course, is that Nanda Maraj and, and, the, and the coward community um, have the fortune of a visitation from two minstrels, two bards who are related to their family and are said to have extraordinary powers like omniscience. And so for entertainment's sake, bards would, would put uh, things to, to music and poetry. And so he asked let us put our life to, to poetry. Mm-hmm. and uh, and so that he, he they, uh, and because you're omniscient you must know about our previous life mm-hmm. And so the snikdakanta and Madhukanta, these two minstrels they begin to recite the Prakat Leela, the manifest Leela on earth in the Aprakat Leela mm-hmm, as a form of entertainment. And of course, they're astounded by how, how much, how well these two bards knew their 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 lives, their heartbeat, their feelings, and so forth. And It comes out, of course, somewhere along the in the first uh, canto of that uh, Gopal Champu that the reason that they know everything is because that in their previous life they were the two trees, Arjun trees. Hmm that were previous, in the previous life, Nala Kuvair and Managriva, were cursed by Narada, hmm, which, in which there was a blessing contained. They had to take birth as trees, but uh, for their inappropriate behavior and, uh, before him, but in Vrindavan. And, and of course, the uh, standing towering there as trees, they witnessed uh, so many leelas. This is the point. And so very touching, that that particular section of the book when that's revealed. But at any rate, it's a, it, it, it's apparent from the <coughs> um, uh, descriptions offered by Jiva Goswami. And I would say this is probably, the, this book contains the most extensive explanation of the uppercut uh, lila that you can find in uh, rhodia texts. There are some meditative uh how would you say um, descriptions some sadhus have offered over over, over generations um, but uh, um, this is by the, one of the founding acharyas jimboswami and and it's as I say it's uh, as I'm saying it's apparent that there's some they know they're liberated. Hmm. They know they're liberated, and they think this is what liber- liberated life is like. You live here; it's a beautiful place. We have Krishna and, and all, and we worship Narayana, hmm. um, and everything's uh, everything's perfect. So there, there's some sense that, that that they're liberated, and this is what liberation is like. And and uh, so it's 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 different, uh, but you have to go there, as Bhakti you know, talk, or has said, and the way to go is through the Prakat Lila, at least by hearing about it, otherwise mm-hmm. how will you know, and so forth. So we have veritably four forms, if you will, of the Lila. You have the Prakat Lila, which is considerable, said about, manifest Lila when Krishna appears in the world. Then you have the Lila that continues in the world even after he disappears in Braj, right, to be seen by, by, by devotees, you can catch a glimpse there. You're fortunate of what's underneath the surface, so to speak. Um, when you enter into the space itself, which is trans-geographical and, uh, um, and uh, trans, uh, trans-temporal or, or, or eternal. So, uh, again, an auspicious place to live. Highly recommended. The Goswamis live there. Rupa mm. Goswami has extolled the virtues of this Anga of Bhakti, Mathuravas, to live in Mathuramandhal, uh, in great uh, measure in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. It's one of the five most potent forms, Angas of, 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 of sadhana bhakti. Hmm? Um, so you can go on about it thinking, oh, I should be living in the brush, but of course, uh Or make a pilgrimage there, as I was saying the other day. The, the the advocacy of such to live there, to make a pilgrimage there, you have to understand the context because the context is, it's advocated in the scriptures, and it's speaking at least at that time to people who in Bharata, a subcontinent of that we uh, you know now as India, largely had no means of uh, conveyance other than uh, by foot. So to make a pilgrimage to Vrindavan could take six months going and six months coming back. You have to take off some time from work. A year. <laughs> How long will it take to, to, to walk from Cape Comoran in, in the south to to, to A long time. Hmm? Um, Mahaprabhu traveled to South India. It was a two year trek. So it was one year down, and one year up. Mm-hmm. So uh, they would uh, what a pilgrimage. This is part of to make a pilgrimage mm-hmm. to one of the angas of bhakti. It's, it's quite a meditation and quite an engaging, physically engaging. And when you're physically engaged in something like that, that ta- then you have to you think, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then when you get there, your time will be, will, will be well spent, and there would. You would not be there uh, with a with a with a with a with a plug to the outside world right so to go there would be difficult and to live there would not be easy either hmm? it'd be um, so um Jiva Goswami, I believe, commentating on Rupa, commenting on Rupa's uh, extolling of the virtues of living in Vrindavan um, generously has said, but if you can't live there physically, then you should live there mentally. Hmm. So, um, now, of course, what's ha- happened in modern times in our paribar, our lineage coming from Bhakti Vinod Thakur, we find interestingly uh, that Bhakti Vinod Thakur has done, did something very similar to the Goswamis in terms of what they did excavating the places of Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. Uh, uh, by doing that in Navadvip and his books Navadvip Tam, Mahatmya, Navadvip he recorded his visions. One One of the of course, most famous visions was the vision of the Yogapit, the birthplace of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This mm-hmm. is the center then of, of Nabadwip. That's quite a story, um, and uh, and uh, so he revealed the Dham mm-hmm. in the modern age, if you will. And as a result, uh, annually thousands and thousands and thousands of pilgrims uh, come for sacred circumambulation of. Of, of Nabadweep and, uh, and here's this, and here's that. So it's not very much uh, to do with that. Um, on the other side, uh, we find my Guru Maharaj, Omish is Prabhupada. His, if you go to, from Delhi, India's capital city, New Delhi, to Vrindavan, there's a turn-off of the, off the, off the main road go to Vrindavan. There's only one road to turn off there. And in 1975 the municipality of Vrindavan, which coincided with the opening of the Krishna Balaram Temple, municipality of Vrindavan renamed the road Bhaktivedanta Marg. So the way to Vrindavan goes through Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. In other words, he did so much for Vrindavan in, in terms of bringing attention to the fact that this place is special, Krishna Leela is eternally being performed here and created following in the spirit of and in service to uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's uh, vision, an international community hmm, which now goes often there. Hmm. And people reside there. International community and their enthusiasm has been contagious to the extent that many people have, have barred, get excited about, uh, about it. If the Westerners are doing it, and it must be, must be cool, something like that. So, and then they, they have, so. But of course, as a result, um, the serenity of Brindavan, uh, as a externally speaking, as a place to reside and do bhajan, has been compromised considerably. And it's not a point that should be missed because, yes, the Goswamis live there, but they also chose very serene places for their for their on which are hard to find now and, 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 and difficult to acquire. And if you acquire them, um, difficult to hold on to them. Hmm? So the environment there is is quite, uh, externally, is, is quite different. That doesn't mean that people shouldn't be encouraged to go there. They should, but it does appear to um, give emphasis on this third form in which the Leela expresses itself, and that is in the meditative minds of those devotees who live in their minds in Vrindavan, who arguably, mm, in at least in some instances, would then seek to externalize mm, that experience take, a, take an taken archa vigraha of gopal dave or the stone from govardhan hmm? and create it in a serene setting and uh, manifest a, a a a a new brudge, if you will hmm? in another part of the world satellite e- extension and um, and uh, and gopal krishna how would go, Paul, as it may be the case? This is their, this is their kum, this is this, this is this, and so forth. Externalize it, and, and the, the deity has life. He's not just standing there on the altar, that's how he appears, only to some persons. Hmm. So, um, this is what I would call a, a, a third type of the manifestation of the living. All of these are uh, still different from the apricot. Lila, which is the ultimate vastu city, ultimate destination, and so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, you know, we we, 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 we make an effort to do um, something like that, and that's in the spirit of Prabhupada. who wanted to do those things. He he created a place in Uvrindavan. He had visions of it. So there would be seven temples on hills, and it would. And he had So he had... It didn't quite, uh, uh, in the hands of some of this episode I don't think it developed quite the way that he, he, he wanted, expected, or envisioned, I should say, but the, the possibility of that type of manifestation of the Brajalila um, is uh, uh, a theoretical possibility that was practically manifest in his uh, in personhood and in his uh, service. Uh, so, uh, at any rate, that type of experience, uh, you could call it an antardarshan, in that uh, you would experience it, but the guy next to you might not. Mm-hmm. Just like the deity could talk to you, but not necessarily that everybody would hear it. Mm-hmm. So, that's a kind of a form of antardarshan, whereas. If they're there and Krishna speaks and everybody hears it, only you understand what he really means, but everybody hears what he says. Just like it's said, for example, many people saw Krishna, but not everybody loved him. Hmm? Right? Some opposed, opposed him even. So but still they're seeing him. That's this very special Prakat manifest, in the full sense of the term. Hmm? Um, but these other forms of experience. Um, I think you could yeah we could refer them as form a type of um, antar Darshan, which then underscores, of course, the Prakat lela. It's very special and the Ucut Leela hmm. right? So does that help? Yeah yeah. Burge encouraging you to the to the upperkhatlila to come enter there. The land of no no return. It's described in the Gita. In other places. Anabrati Shavdat, Anabrati Shavdat as the Brahma Sutra's hand. No return. No return. What else? Yes. me? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. The story of Vishnath's course is from the oral tradition. And he uh, was a, I think the the uh, 25 and a half syllables. So he couldn't figure out what the other half was. And Brother it. would be in this book and he found it. So that's the story. Yeah. Um, uh, so he didn't have any association to any senior person to ask uh, what a pitiful uh, situation to be in so the question is do I have anyone to turn to uh, what I have is a lack of uh, someone to turn to uh, unfortunately um, and um, and uh, I feel it uh, sorely it's uh, very uh, desirable to have uh, even peers to discuss with and uh, so forth but um, while I believe there are peers of myself they're not readily available um, um, so uh, I have reached out to certain people at different times and um, to discuss an issue, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't found anyone who really has the time or interest to, um, to in an ongoing way, to uh, to uh, participate in that type of uh, um, discussion. So, uh, and then I would, then there are. Uh, at times, issues of language, for example, Sanskrit, Bengali. Um, so, you may know Jagananda. Sometimes I, rarely, but sometimes I talk with him. Um, he's a person who's a god-brother of mine who uh, uh, left Iskcon years ago and uh, came under the uh, shelter of uh, Alip Prashad of you know, was other son if you will and uh, subsequently after some time he he left that uh, path and went to uh, uh, Oxford and got a degree in Sanskrit and so forth and many years later when I in my edition of Thadda Sandharva, one of the he sent it out to a list of scholars see if they could get an endorsement and he was a, had his doctorate in Sanskrit and he was, happened to be on the list and um his secular name, so he got the book and he really liked it. And then he communicated with me; it would probably be his first contact with Godi of with the Bodhi's quite a long, a long time. So, at the time I was living in Oregon, I invited him out and talked uh, to him, spent some days with him, and so forth, and tried to get him more involved in the uh, in the tradition. Just around the time when Narayan March was making his tour, so. I brought it up to Narayan Marsh, too, actually, yeah. and, and he encouraged me to try, to try to engage him and so forth. So, I had something to do, quite a bit to do, actually, with him getting back involved into, into godio Um so we have a relationship uh, based on that, and he has, he has a lot of respect uh, for me and, and my work, and um, if you know him, you imagine, yeah, I don't agree on everything he, he says, He's very human, uh, and I would say, uh, he's, and that's another, I don't mean that in a negative way, um, but at any rate, um, you know, he's he a person that knows the Siddhanta and he knows the language. Mm-hmm. He and I could, you know, talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mointy and I were having a conversation, and this was way back in Oregon, Another, God Brother of mine was there, and he, he just couldn't like like you know, how we would connect with everything. Yeah, I knew what he meant. He knew what I meant. As, uh, the topics of Siddhanta and so forth, and he was quite uh, surprised by that. Um, so it's, it's refreshing to have you know, um, peers like that. But in at times there have been talk of him coming, working with me and so forth, us doing something together. But it hasn't manifested. He's you know slightly. Uh, different, if you will, uh, in some ways, some ways that I, I um, but he's learned it, person, and he's a, he's a, he's a sadhu, mm-hmm. and then um, now he serves with the Jiva Institute, they, like I think there's three of them, Sayan Ryan, the main person, and then Bhagavananda and das They do the editing and translating of the Sundarvas And, um, I know him. Satya Ryan. And, uh, a couple of times I've, I've said something to him for discussion. we I know better. Well, I, well, I know, I know him pretty well. So, I struck up a conversation with him some time back just to Ideas from the modern because he's the modern guy in there he tries to give a modern uh, flavor to the translations which I think are lacking a little bit in, in that regard the commentary that's not Sadihan Ryan's thing so much but he's got nobody there to help him with that I guess so so he likes my modern you know things so I talked to him about a few things but I don't have anybody to any, any senior person really to go to to if uh that uh, like street mirage, puri Maharaj, or something like that. that. That's I'm sixty-nine years old now, and <laughs> most people are younger than me. They're in on the in the field, and preaching and so forth. So, so what for me really, principally, it's as you say, it's it's my keen interest in the subject matter. Um, and, I, and I'm i led to find here, there and everywhere all kinds of things uh, if you will and anything about Krishna I'm interested in whoever wrote it I, I take a chance to see if it's good or not and if it's not maybe there's something good in it I take a look and find so it's uh, I, th- I think at a certain point nobody becomes uh, eager enough interested enough that you know that the amiburi of Yoga. And that's the first Bhagavad Gita verse I ever learned. And that's the Chattu Shloki of the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, Those who worship me with love constantly, I I give the knowledge which they can come to me. So he gives the Buddhi, Buddhi Yoga. So, but but I'm not, I don't know. same time, I would prefer, I mean, that's wonderful, but I mean, I would like to have association of other devotees, especially more and more advanced devotees, that would be very desirable. I've had that opportunity in my life with uh, several advanced devotees, but uh, I don't have that now. But uh, again, uh, they, those these devotees are also, Puruvacharyas are also. Living like they say, Prabhupada's still here. Well, it's not quite like that. <laughs> He's the Purvacharya. Purvacharya means a previous acharya. Doesn't mean the previous acharyas can't be contacted. They can, but there are which the implication of which is there should be a present acharya who will address details of things and time and circumstance and so forth. That's required. But inspiration, find out what the, what the syllable is, as in the case of the story of Vishwanathaka Bhikta then that, that's, uh, that's a that's we find Bhakti Bhikta Kuru says through to Bhairdhu, and we're told in the right Bhagavad-Akkha, bridge, mm. He makes a confessional, there's a confessional section at the end of the book where he talks about that. Um, uh, so, they are, they are, in, in their sadhaka-dehas, if you will, eternal, Form in which they appeared in this world as practitioners, they also can be contacted, and they're, and they're they're there in their books, and they can be what they're actually saying can be drawn out, simulated, understood, with, for by a qualified person with ardent interest in the subject. In That regard, uh, regard to her question, I mean, Prabhupada said that uh, he wrote once to Sridhar Marsh, I'm feeling a great lack that I have no one to consult with. This is my, this is, I'm having success. He was in America, he had a heart attack. And uh, he asked Sridhar Marsh, do you think I should return to live in India, and in Vrindavan, or should I stay in the field of preaching? And overall, this is my my lacking that I feel. I have no one to consult with. No senior, no contemporary, no, no peers. Siddha Maharaj wrote back and said you should stay and preach and those was his advice and so forth. It turned out, of course, he, he lived longer than, uh, than he had expected and traveled around the world and did what he did. Um, but such a qualified person was feeling like that. Narutam uh, Thakur, we sing his song, Ye Anilo Premodhan, a song about the disappearance of and Sanatana, Jiva Krishna Krishna's Raj, all these persons, and he's missing them. Mm. Uh, missed out on them, some of them. Mm. Missing them. And he says, I'm beating my head against the stone. And he's feeling like this. And some people think they don't need any association. Mm. So, it's a big difference. Someone's not listening to the to the teachings that well. Mm. There's a fear of bad association that, that um, is often uh, cited as an excuse for not associating. But if you don't associate, how will you know if he's bad? <laughs> well, just go and get contaminated, don't you? Come on. You've got a brain and you've got a heart. And, you know, go and listen. If you have questions about it, you can ask. There are others and so forth. Uh, we should look at look at Prabhupada's father. Now, Prabhupada's father is an example of that. I think uh, we it, uh, is is more to, to be followed. Err on that side. Hmm? It's not on the side of caution here, but <laughs> Prabhupada, uh, Prabhupada's father, any sadhu or so-called sadhu passing through will be hosted by him, hmm? and. See, it, it was so overboard in that regard that Prabhupada himself thought, I've seen so many sadhus. My father showed, you know, when, it, when a young man said to him, I want you to meet a sadhu, he said, I've seen so many sadhus. Hmm? Bukha sadhus, this sadhu, that sadhu. And uh, he said, No, this one is different. And of course, that was Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, meeting him, which changed Prabhupada's um, life. And in retrospect, he used to reflect on his, his father, setting this example hmm, of uh, wanting him to be a servant of Radharani, wanting him to play the drum, wanting him to be a Vaishnava Was his desire for him? And so he was bringing any sadhu in that he could, he could find, and uh, and none of them were capturing Prabhupada's heart. Probably some of them were turning Prabhupada, you know, away from that, just to some extent, and. Uh, and he, like Shri and like every young young man and probably most young women as well in India at the time, were starting to be taken by Gandhi's revolution for change, for Swaraj, for liberation. It was a very, very powerful, uh, you can imagine, political uh, uh, cause, what, which was was really quite uh, you know dharmic in a sense. and. Arising above exploitation, imperialism, uh, bigotry, um, as much as the British thought the Indians were savages or, or, or uh, whatnot, needed to be converted to the true religion of Christianity and, and so forth. So, you know, it's a pretty noble and righteous uh, cause to rise up against and to do it in a nonviolent way, at least from a political and social application was a political and social application of the teachings of Bhagavad Gita. teachings of Bhagavad Gita obviously transcend such, but it could be drawn upon uh, for uh, uh, support for that uh, kind of uprising. And and again, it was a non-violent uprising. It was a very powerful, powerful thing. How not to be caught up in that and how not to think that that was the essence, that was what was really what spirituality was about, and so forth. So to be like, to be like, turned away from that, to the point of preaching against it, and writing to Gandhi and saying, "You should come over here," which is what Prabhupada did. Hmm? Uh, that was a very powerful form of association and person of Sri Bhakti Sadasaranti But having come under that. Uh, association and so forth probably reflect back on his 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 his, uh, his, his father and and um, um I had highest regard for him in terms of his intentions and so anyway he he was very uh, any anybody you get I mean we don't know the details but we get the impression anybody that called himself a Saad he would invite them up you know to, to to emphasize it I mean i am exaggerating perhaps but so um, better uh, I would think to uh, uh, try to take advantage of good association and uh, I mean uh, my uh, standard was always you know, when I was in a was a younger younger man and, and in but's formal mission of ISKCON during his His presence. There were many different devotees that give class, and they weren't all very good. But I would go to some of them were better than others, obviously. But I would go and listen to the class, and I would try to hear one one point that would that I thought was worth you know taking home. And I thought that my time was well spent. So I would have that kind of listening. I I had to listen through a lot of stuff sometimes to find one good point. And then then some there were good preachers too. Um, So that kind of interest um, should uh, protect one mm-hmm. so to speak. be you know, you'd be able to get, get spiritual intelligence and sort out mm-hmm. this guy said this oh, there's a support and there's a way to, what's the support if, it, if somebody is saying something that you think oh, it's going to be wrong then you're going to have reason to say that it's wrong and then it could be discussed and so forth if need be or with other peers afterwards being polite and respectful to the that Sadhu, um, but I mean, there really, really is unfortunately a complete emphasis to the to the opposite you know, that that's been out and about for, for for a while now since the disappearance of Prabhupada and, and for the generation of his disciples. Stay away. You know, Prabhupada is the only way. This is a we know this is safe. This is a, this is we follow him. But you know, then they have, well, some of them are following so not safe you're not doing that well your interest is really not that, that keen this is probably why you're not uh, taking advantage of Sadhus Association which is written about in this book on page after page after page after page right mm-hmm. so so yeah it's a, it's a, a very important uh, that's you know we're talking about Maturavas living in Matura and Sadhusam Maturavas Sadhusam Shravan. Uh, Shimurti and uh, Namkirtan. These are the five very potent forms of uh, sadhana bhakti that Rupa has underscored. Namkirtan, uh, worship of the deity, living in in uh, raj, mentally at least, uh, and, uh, 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 uh hearing the Bhagavatam. set five? Sadhusanga. So it, you, you can't take this, 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 such a prominent Anga, out. How prominent is it? Sadhu Sangha. It's the birthplace of bhakti. Without Sadhu Sangha, there's no bhakti. Bhakti, where does bhakti come from? Bhakti comes from bhakti. Nothing other than bhakti can give bhakti. If it could give bhakti, it would be superior to bhakti. So only bhakti can give bhakti. And sadhusanga is a form of bhakti, right? It's an anga of bhakti through which bhakti is give, gives herself. So it's the janma, it's the mool, it's the birth, it's the root of our own bhakti in our lives. So. There is such such strong statements are made like what is it Shaitanya Charitamrita hmm. Sadhu Sangha Sadhu Sangha Shastri Khoi Lava Matra Sadhu Sangha Siddhi hay. Lava Matra means like a fraction of a second association with the saint this is so valuable just emphasize the point hmm? so we should uh, we should I can't like cross off the Sangha we don't I've had enough association I've got one um, um, the, the very idea that I'm I'm fine without association is probably ind- indic- indicative that you're not. Mm. Now there may be there may be good reasons for someone determining the extent to which they might associate with the, with the sadhu and so forth. And, um, Having their own service, their own guru, their own line, for example, and so forth. Then you get this other side of this fanaticism. Oh, you know that sadhu. Now it's this sadhu. Now it's, it's like there's one sadhu in the world who's the. And this is a this is another extreme. Then they fanaticize about where they, Anyway, They're with a fanatical. Everyone has to go and hear from him and be under him and so forth. And so, But you look at his life and it wasn't like that. He had his group, you know. He became prominent to some extent. But when his guru left, he didn't go join some other. or So it's, it has to be done tastefully and thoughtfully and so forth. It's not like... Um, there's this word, chastity is off. But if I go there, I won't be chased. And so. It's like you got a father you got uncles there are people in the community you know them associate you take advantage It's possible you could find an uncle who is very uh, generous and kind and uh, so forth and, and have a more intimate relationship it's possible uh, and I found and Marsh to be such so on so I feel fortunate but there's there's like not one one formula one shoe, one size fits all, but the principle is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's said in Shaitanya "Me, that the most painful thing is separation from, from, uh, from good Sarasanga, from Roy." Asked by Mapa, what's the most painful thing is separation from the real, real, real devotees. So, some thoughts for reply? Yes. out of in your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a different thing. You can do deity worship in your mind, not as a puja. You can do japa. You can do, well, you can't do Sankirtan in your mind. It's out loud. Anyway. All right. Let's start there. She she go on it go back to